So, Warwick, would you rather know how you're going to die or when you're going to die? <laughs> I, uh, well, hopefully I don't get blindsided like I do with these questions from you. <laughs> so, ah, oh, gee, that's a toughie. I think I'd like to know how because I don't want to know when. I want it to be a surprise. Okay. That way I can just like savour the experience when it happens. Welcome to the Trading's Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. And of course, I'm Michaela, the female, and token I'm, female of the Tradies Show. And I'm talking over the top of my co-host. <laughs> I'm Warwick Walker Bidwell, according to uh, one of our previous guests, Timbo Reid. But g'day, listeners. So today we're getting all, um, I know you get excited about <laughs> anything to do with numbers and cash flow. I actually hate it. I, really? I hate all that stuff. It was It was such a big part of my life and... I can't think of anything worse than looking at a cash flow statement. Just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I actually enjoy it. <laughs> so we get asked all the time about cash flow issues. So we thought that um, one topic we haven't yet covered is things like invoice financing and, and other finance options that are available. Uh, so we got um, Andrew Allen from FIFO Capital on the show today to talk through that stuff. Mm, if uh, if you don't know what you're talking about, find someone who does. Eh? Is, that, is that what we're doing here? That is, yes. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, good interview and there's some really good, uh, I guess, tips and info in there about cash flow and it's, it's a horrible subject that a lot of people don't like talking about and I think part of the problem is that they're not good at it. Um, and, uh, you know, although I'm, I'm good at the stuff, I don't like to actually look at numbers, Michaela, so just remember that for next time. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are scared of it because they don't understand how it works. They don't know how to do a forecast. And um, it is actually quite simple, and you can avoid yourself a whole lot of heartache if you just pay it some attention. So uh, I'll stop babbling, and let's get into the interview. So chatting with us today on the Tradies Business Show, we've got... Andrew Allen from FIFO Capital, and rather than me make an absolute meal of it, I'll uh, I'll let Andrew introduce himself. Welcome to the show today, mate. Thanks, Warwick. Thanks, Michaela. Great to be here. So, mate, uh, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and uh, you'd have to include in there a reference to Timbo Reid because I know it'd be great for his ego. But, uh, mate, how, how did you end up uh, doing what you're doing today with FIFO Capital? Well, how long you've got? How long have you got? I should say, uh, Timbo Reid did play a part in my uh, my working life back in the late uh, late nineties, uh, working in some marketing um, agencies. Um, excellent, excellent guy, and uh, got a got a lot of knowledge, uh, Timbo. You look, uh, my background's diverse. As I said, marketing, advertising, financial services, marketing, and more recently working with FIFO Capital. Um, and look, the capacity is, is varied within FIFO to being a business development manager as well as being an operational support person for our network, which is where I've spent most of my time in the last five years. Yeah, cool, mate. And uh, what, I guess, what's your superpower, mate? You're obviously good at what you do to be heading up this organisation, but what would you say your superpower is, Andrew? I'd like to think I get a good handle on businesses fairly quickly with respect to their needs uh, and, and I guess empathise with that and come up with a solution. So it's about 
being agile and but thinking on your feet and thinking of a fast solution. Uh, and that's reflective of who we are as a business as well. We try to do things quickly and because, um, as we'll talk to in a minute, cash flow is something which is uh, typically has an urgency about it. And uh, that's certainly where I feel as I, one of my major strengths is, strengths are, Warwick. Cool, mate. Cool. And look, before we get into all of the uh, the really sexy cash flow stuff, uh, just have to ask you, mate, are you a, a DIYer or uh, do you prefer to get the professionals in uh, and save you, save yourself a bit of face, mate? I like to do a bit of both, actually. I like to <laughs> I like to outsource. So just hedging my bets a little bit for the audience. Uh, but let me tell you that uh, some, I'm, I'm using some good tradies at the moment around the place, and uh, and I'd like to get in there and help them out as well. So, uh, but, but then again, if it's a little bit too tricky for me, I'll, I know I'll get the job done faster with some uh, good quality tradies around the place. So, any pet projects you're really proud of that you've done yourself? <laughs> in the, in the last fortnight, I, I've painted with a roller about. 30 metres of a rendered fence about three metres high. <laughs> uh, I didn't do the rendering, but I got the roller out with the paint and shoveling a bit of dirt. <laughs> uh, I, I rank painting up there as one of my most despised tasks, mate. I painted a whole house uh, quite a few years ago and I swore never to do it again. It was horrendous. Yeah, there's some better people out there than me who can do it much more efficiently and, uh, and do a much better job too. Absolutely. So, Andrew, cash flow, mate, it's uh, something that I think confounds a lot of businesses and uh, I know a lot of the tradies we talk to um, it can present a huge challenge and it becomes such an emotional issue for them as well because I think what you said at the top of the show um, said it well is it's uh, it has this urgency around it so uh, I mean I guess in the first place it'd be better to avoid getting into cash flow strife um, what are some of the things that you see bring uh, businesses undone and, and I guess particularly trade-based businesses yeah, look, and we, and we do speak to a lot of trade-based businesses. What we see, Warwick and Michaela, is a lot of the guys, I mean, they're not, they're not typically very large, and what happens when they're doing the day-to-day stuff, um, working for people, you know, putting a, some cladding up on a back fence, that, that's where most of their time's consumed. And so when it comes to invoicing and, and collections, getting money, which they need to pay their, you know, the subbies that work for them, for example, it's... They, it's one of the things they do often what they do last the guys who are organized or the tradies who are organized will often have someone in the back office helping them but if you're doing it yourself it's uh you know you're too busy working on in the business as opposed to getting those invoices out and that's one of the things where it's not treated with the importance or the urgency that it should be yeah, I know I had a client recently that uh, went to the bank to try and get some money and uh, they said, oh, look, you know, we, we can't really lend you any. And he said, well, I've got a hundred grand worth of invoicing I haven't done yet. You know, and it was just like, man, that should be a priority in your business. Yeah, it's quite ironical on that side of things because they'll, quite often they'll come to us and uh, and we'll see those those situations or they, we'll hear those um, financial sort of stress positions where they could have easily uh, overcome, overcome them in the early on in the piece. Um, and certainly the invoicing, and, and as I like to do with, when the tradies come around to my place, the first, not working in this business, the first thing I ask them is, can I put some money in your bank account straight away because <laughs> I, I want them to be able to pay their staff. I, I have a very sympathetic ear and, uh, and, and strangely enough, they often say no, which is... <laughs> Um, which bothers me at the same time as well as you know, I'm, I'm happy not to, but at the same time I, I don't want to see them um, under financial duress during I'm, the course of the project. 
I'm sure they wouldn't know what to do if they got asked that question. I, I think you'd probably be the first and only one that ever says, please, can I give you money early? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's working in this game that uh, you certainly, you certainly realise what that, the stresses they're under. Mm. And I suppose, uh, you know, if we just jump straight into it, mate, once someone does find themselves in that unfortunate situation of not having enough money to pay wages on Friday or, you know, they're, they're uh, on stop credit with some suppliers, what are some of the, the options that are actually available to them apart from phoning their debtors and collecting some money themselves? Yeah, look, the key thing you point out there, Warwick, is a timing issue, and that's the challenge. I mean, you're talking about paying salaries, which, you know, we're talking every week or fortnight, typically. Um, and then things which have got, as we said early on in the piece, urgency about them. And that in itself makes the financial options quite limiting. I mean, if you've got an overdraft set up with a bank, that's fantastic. And if you can draw down on that, that's typically your best solution. Um, not always a pos- not always accessible. Although, you know, the banks want typically real estate security with a lot of the, their lending, um, overdrafts inclusive. So if you don't have that, if you don't have that in place, you, you are quite limited. Um, certainly, if you've got receivables owing and if they're overdue, the first port of call should be getting on the phone and treating that as an important, as the most urgent thing there. That's your lowest hanging fruit, if you want to call it that, and getting that money through the door, which is already owed and overdue or coming up to be paid. Um, if, if, you, if you can't access your money there, then if you, and if you don't have money to inject privately or have an investor in your back corner or or just someone who can lend you the money privately. And, and let me tell you, we see this. We see they'll come to us and they've exhausted all these avenues. And at that point, there are options. And what is known as in the invoice finance space, and I know we're sort of leading to a, uh, a the pointy part of this, this webinar, uh, but if you can tap into your receivables, which are outstanding but might not be due for another four or five weeks, then that could well be, uh, not always the case, but it could well be the fastest and most flexible way to help yourself, help the business. So you mentioned overdrafts in there, Andrew, and it's a question that, that I get asked a bit by tradespeople, is uh, when is the best time to go and get uh, some of that non-urgent funding? You know, When should I go and get an overdraft in my business? Should I wait until I need it? Or, uh, you know, is there a better time to go and apply for one? Look, the timing, obviously the earlier the better, and it really comes down to knowing, looking ahead and looking beyond the next four weeks, the next two months. It's being able to see those ebbs and flows potentially in your business and see when you're going to have those cash flow gaps. If you're you're that organised, and and it's easier said than done, as I sit here and we see it every day, if you can spot a gap coming up, then that will make it easier take the pressure off you when you do talk to the bank and and certainly project an image of you've got your house in order to say look in three months time I know I'm going to have cash flow issues and I know that you know the weather's going to be bad uh, there's going to be invoices the work's going to slow a little bit I need to, I'm going to need some um, need some cash to keep me just humming through this what might be a seasonal patch then that's the great start and because because the banks will take time to set that up but the earlier the better worry yeah because it's, uh, I mean, I've got a classic example at the moment of a client who basically, uh, you know, texted me over the Easter weekend in in a flat panic because he was down to five hundred dollars in his bank account and didn't know how he was actually going to make the the twelve thousand dollars worth of payments that were due in the next seven to to ten days. Um, 
you know, we did that. I've got them on the phone and chasing debtors, and, and fortunately, you know, work came in, and all of a sudden they've got six or eight grand in the bank again. But uh, it was a bit of a, a dice with death at that stage. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, that's when a lot of people start to think about doing something is is often when it's too late, isn't it? Look, it is, and and and, you, and you, it's very it's easier, as I said before, easier said than done. Easier said than done to be organised, and that's you, you almost need to allocate that. You know, there's two hours a week or or, may, or a fortnight just to sit down and work out what's coming in and what's going to go out. Um, but gee, you, you don't want to be getting text messages or in that position where you have to send out distress calls over a weekend because you can't meet uh, pay your salaries or you know if, if the project stops then the business stop. Uh, if you can't pay your staff, you don't have a business really. Um, so yeah, the options aren't are going to be limited in such a short space of time as I alluded to before. So if it does become dire and they, they can't get the overdraft, the bank won't help them, they don't have other options, what options are there for sort of last-minute urgent kind of cash flow invoice funding? Well, there's not, there's not a lot out there uh, and it really comes down to the position of, as we said before, if once you've dismissed the opportunity of getting money from banks or private sources, you're really left with what is invoice invoice finance and that's and the reason why you're limited to, to invoice finance because it's really the most it's the fastest and most flexible arrangement opportunity you can have with respect to sourcing this money this money and so what how does that work it works it's a simple process it works in the same way and this I always use this example it works in the same way as offering your customers a discount for paying your invoices early. So if you raise an invoice today and said, and you said offer your customer um, a term to pay it today, chances are they'll probably take it up. They might take it, offer a discount term off the off the invoice. There's a pretty good chance you'd be happy to forego a bit of money to get it paid in your bank account today. Invoice finance works fundamentally in that same way, where in, but instead of offering it to your customer, you get a company like like FIFO Capital and apologies for the plug early in the piece but certainly what we look at is we will offer that we'll pay for a portion of that invoice straight away provided it's not over you know it's not overdue of course and your customers reasonably rock solid we'll pay around 80 percent of that straight away and then when the invoice is paid in full then we give you back the balance of the 20 percent and then take a fee off at the back end so not only will you get the cash in your bank account or larger proportion of it today or within 24 hours you could actually um, you, uh, I was going to say you can actually uh, get the, the balance of it and pay the fees associated with that um, at the back end of the of the, the invoice period so more importantly you don't have to stump up cash or a fee of any sort to get this up and running because you don't have the money to do that and it really can be that quick, can't it, Andrew? I mean, I, I know uh, a bit about what you guys do, but uh, you, you talked about 24 hours, and I know there's, there's uh, obviously some uh, disclaimers and stuff around that, but it can actually be within a day or two that you could have the majority of those funds in your bank account. Oh, spot on. Look, it's as fast as, as you say, once the checks and balances are done, which typically once it might take 24 hours to set up. But once you're set up and you've got that invoice that's just been raised and, and we can verify that, the invoice is, is tr- accurate and true and correct, then at that point it's really as fast as it can be transferred through internet banking. It's that simple. And look, if you, if you need it really urgently, then it, we can always run down and what we do is we offer a local telegraph transfer service. So in other words, you could get it within four hours if, if the invoice 
that you'd like to um, allocate to our uh, finance is put through before say midday. So that's it, it can be really quick, really fast, and uh, and you can put that money to use very quickly and I guess sleep at night. And so, if uh, what kind of information do you, um, listeners have to provide if they want to get this kind of finance as far as the checks and balances that you need to do? Yeah, look, the, the information is as much as you can supply, and we give them a checklist. I mean, our business certainly does, provides it, makes it simple, um, a number of a checklist of items that we do require, and that might be how many you know, invoices that are owed to you, so your accounts receivable, ledger, as well as seeing how much money is you know, going out the door. If you've got a bookkeeper who's working behind the scenes and can punch out a profit loss statement, for example, um, last year's financials, that's, very, that's extremely useful. Uh, we know that not all businesses have that at their fingertips, so we start to collate as much information as we can. Uh, we obviously need ID, um, you know, typically a 100-point check type thing to make sure um, you, are, you are who you say you are. A um, bit of a pr- track record, might have, might have to see your bank statements as well as uh, past, past invoices that you've been raised and show that your customers has paid on time. So it's about seeing where, you were, where the business was at um, so the financial information that supports that as well as where you're at today. So it's really not that onerous as far as you think about uh, the hoops that people have to jump through to get bank lending these days. Uh, we're talking you know, probably a lot less than that as far as the extent, extent of information that's got to be provided. That's exactly right, yeah. You can't, you, the, the banks and the banks have got a um, – their credit rules are a little bit different as well, so they'll use that information plus some more as you, as you indicate, Warwick. And, and to do that, they've got to have to go through some layers in their risk department. They're designed to, you know, if you wanted to get an overdraft, you're probably looking, or any form of major lending, is, is, a, is a three to four, five, six-week process on a good day. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, probably five weeks too long for a lot of, pe- lot of, people, lot of people, people in there. Indeed, yeah. And so are there any um, minimums or things like that to consider if they're wanting to uh, get some invoice funding? Yeah, look, for us, for us we're, the minimum is, is typically around a, a $5,000 mark worth of invoices. Uh, and it can go as, you know, well and truly above, you know, 300-odd thousand. The... There are, I mean, the industry or the factoring industry, as we often describe it as, and, and let's be honest, let's be clear here. I mean, what our business does, and this is starting to sound like a plug, but certainly it's a business I know best at this point of time. For an example, I mean, our our business is not a typical factoring business, so it's factoring not as you know it. Um, the big factoring players, end of town, big end of town players, are certainly trying to service the large businesses. Um, and they'll want minimums of in excess of a hundred to five hundred thousand dollars before you can of funding. Um, plus, they'll want a long-term contract, and and they'll take the whole ledger and, and away they go. Very hard to break. So we look at a minimum of five thousand. But typically, you know, the average for us is usually comes around the, the fifteen, twenty, you know, maybe forty thousand dollars, depending on the profile of our customers. And so, you know, we, we talk about factoring, and you said that basically what you're offering is uh, different to that. Uh, I, I come across tradies that do um, have a basic understanding of, of factoring where, you know, they've probably spoken to a bank before or the bank's spoken to them about it. I mean, what are the major, um, I guess, differences between the two? You talked about the size of the client that they're looking for, but are there any other things that people should be aware of before they do make a decision about, um, you know, selling their whole book or anything like that? 
there, there are a number of, um, I'm sure you, you, you see them every day, businesses who need a large, larger, larger amounts of money, as I indicated before. They, and it depends on it, or comes down to their needs. But for them, the thing about factoring, or traditional factoring, is when we spoke about your receivables ledger or, your, or the amounts payable to your business, a factoring company will want to make sure that they can secure all of that. And for them, that's how they they can reduce their risk. Over time, their fees become relative to what we do on a day-to-day basis might be cheaper. But in the long term, however, it's multi- their fees are multiplied against a, a larger book. So where we are factoring, but not as you know it, in the same principle, we'll take an inv- invoices off the ledger. However, they'll be hand-chosen and anything we, we transact with or fund against will only be against those one or two invoices and the agreements in place that once that invoice is paid in, in full, then there's no there's no arrangement left in place until you call upon us again. So with the factoring arrangements, they typically like a 12-month minimum. And once you're in there, there are, pen, there are financial penalties to, to sever those relationships. So the questions I'll be asking the listeners out there, Warwick and Michaela, is what are your needs? If, if it's something you need on an ad hoc basis or you're predicting a bit of seasonality, ebbs and flows where you're going to have some cash flow gaps on and off during the year, then certainly something like our product I call it the single invoice finance product, is probably fits in your corner better. Whereas if you're looking for something ongoing, your, your, your turnover is ex- quite quite large. And when I say large, it might be in excess of you know, one to $5 million per annum um, on that scale. Then at that point, it may be more cost effective, and I say maybe, to go with a factoring company. However, just bear in mind, as I said before, once you're in there, it's very hard to break that cycle. Mm, so... You know, it really is uh, about the time frame, and I guess there's more involved in um, in doing that full factoring thing as well, because they'd want more information about your business. I suspect that's right, and and greater levels of security to protect their investment, because um, typically it's because it's not a loan as such. They're buying a book of invoices, um, and there is a, there is actually another product at the higher end, higher end of town called Debtor Finance, which is really what there's two major banks in GE who offer that. And that's that's a loan against uh, like against the whole ledger. It's once again it's it's for really your, your big end of town players, and and that's where the um, and there's billions of dollars of this per annum in this country alone, um, which is who use this facility, uh, but they're typically large to large businesses to corporates, for what it's worth. So you must have seen a lot of uh, different examples, and I, I don't like the word case study because it puts people to sleep, but. Uh, have you got any success stories uh, that you can think of, Andrew, uh, that would, I guess, highlight how this could work for a, a tradie tuning into the show? Yeah, look, what it, I, I do, and it's not a case study. Uh, it's, a, it's a real life. Uh, <laughs> it's a real life customer or former customer. Uh, this guy's name is Ron, and he was um, he had an excavation business, very good business, and had a great reputation. Had his couple of his sons working for him. So what they did is they dug out. Pipelines for major for the major uh, housing estate development groups, and they come in. They charge a little bit more per per linear meter that they dug, and where they're at is they had the machinery they're running. They they had um, obviously their staff or the sons who worked for him, and he couldn't he didn't have enough money to pay for the next project. Like he needed to some of the equipment he had to lease had to bring in specialist equipment. And he just needed to release some money to get 
the next project underway. So he's, he's actually growing. He had some business was in demand. Um, great story. And, and so what we did, he found one or two invoices, one invoice worth t- about $20,000. So we funded that straight away. Uh, we gave him about $16,000 of that. And he immediately put it to use, got the next project on the go. And he actually, he could, he had the confidence, you could see the spring in his step, that he knew that if he got another project, he'd, he'd have enough money or bring, have enough invoices to bring forward through us to pay the next pay his subbies to work the machinery and dig up the next lot of pipeline for the for his customers and and all all of a sudden you could just see the growth happening great story uh, ron's business is still thriving extremely well today and i guess it raises a great point too is you know we talk about people getting into cash flow stress and it probably conjures up images of uh, uh i suppose poor financial management or maybe not keeping an eye on their books or their debtors or whatever but it could actually be uh, because they're growing and their business is in demand, as, as you said with that example of Ron, the, the excavator guy, um, and they just can't fund that next project, you know, whether it's buying materials or, or engaging subbies to get underway. Um, so it can actually help a business grow more so than anything else. That's exactly right. And, you know, if you, if you wanted to take that money, if, you're making, if your margins are reasonably healthy, you could just, if, by bringing the money forward and, and, and commencing the next project, Maybe two weeks ahead of schedule, then all of a sudden you can you can imagine, or, or two weeks ahead of what you probably would have had would have been only been able to do without the funding. Or if you do two, to shave off two weeks every every six six weeks or so, you can imagine that over the year, and your business will start to grow, and you'll be able to put that money to good use, and and they make those margins on it. Um, and and that's what we see. We see a lot of our businesses go from a a flat position to a real scale up position because they can all of a sudden do that. So one thing we um, always like to ask our guests is if you had a thousand tradies in the room, what would be the one message you'd like to give them today? Look beyond the banks when it comes to financing is probably is my main message that there's more out there and, uh, don't, and don't stop looking and sorry, I'm going to... Th- Michaela, I know you asked for one, but I'll give you give you a second one. Can't <laughs> help myself. And the, the bonus, second one, the is bonus one. Try try to if you if you can't do do some do the stuff yourself about organising your business around your finance, then grab someone to help you do it. Mm, great advice, mate. And uh, so, if anybody does want to find out more about FIFO Capital, Andrew, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? I think you Google us, Warwick, on at FIFO Capital. Dot com.au. Uh, it's easier, simpler to Google, and that's FIFO, F-I-F-O, capital. And you yeah. have uh, you have representatives all around the country, don't you? There's plenty of us all around the country, from regional Queensland to Perth to to the far southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. We uh, cover the cover the globe, awesome. not the globe, the map, the country. <laughs> the globe next. The globe's expanding. It's going to be there. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Andrew. I hope that wasn't too painful for you. And uh, I think uh, this has got a lot of value about other options they have with their cash flow and financing. Mm. Absolute, absolute pleasure. And I hope the listeners out there got something out of it. I'm sure they did. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. So it was a great interview with Andrew. And if you're a Tradies Business Toolkit member, you will also get an extended interview from Andrew on the seven tips to improve your cash flow. So, Warwick, how do you become a tradies 
business toolkit member. <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? It is. Uh, well, Who the came way, up with that name? Uh, as you. So the way you become a Friday's business toolkit member and uh, get access to the private Facebook group where Michaela and I will check out, check out, check in, check in daily. Um, there's uh, webinars once a month. There's exclusive content. So we've got uh, some downloads and templates and stuff, checklists from some of our guests. There's video training that we'll be sticking in there as well, all for the princely sum of $1 for the first 30 days. Go to tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com and you'll see all the info there and there's a couple of big fat buttons that you can click on and uh, hand over your buck. That'll get you 30 days. You get full access to the site. And between now and the end of June 2015, we're actually making the ongoing fee a special offer for foundation members, so you know it's really super special. Ten bucks a month, the the big number of ten bucks a month. And if you stay a member, then your price stays at ten bucks a month forever, and you'll get all the new stuff, extended interviews, all that sort of stuff. Uh, after that, price goes up. So um, go check it out, tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. If you don't get ten bucks uh, value out of it, I'll buy you a carton of beer or something. <laughs> I'll deliver it personally. Oh, wow, that's that's worth it as well. Uh, and look, we're having stuff every month, every week um, to the show. It's going to build up into a, a great resource. Good stuff. Till next time. Hello. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.